0: Okay, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today we have Jacinth Coto with us. She is a Canada-based financial coach and educator. She's described by her clients as a financial fairy godmother, and she's the founder and CEO of Coto and Co. She's passionate about financial literacy and helps creative entrepreneurs shed light on the black hole that is the financial side of their business. Thank God. <laughs> Somebody needs to do that. Welcome to the show today.
1: Thanks for having me, Katie. Oh, you're
0: welcome. So, hey, for everybody listening, could you please uh elaborate on that a bit more about what you do and who you are?
1: Well, um I'm an entrepreneur. So, I started my entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey after a layoff in 2008 and just happened to fall into a small business program that was being run by the government here in Canada. And so that was my first taste of business. It was like a very traditional business program for 10 weeks, press save on a, on a business plan. It was obsolete. As soon mm-hmm. as I press save, it was for a prepared meal delivery service. Um, but I was also super in debt at the time. I had no personal financial literacy. So it was a really, like I was super young, didn't have a ton of business experience, didn't really have a lot of those mentors and um, examples around me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was very stressful and very, you know, uh, like, yeah, just like panic inducing from the beginning. Yeah. So over the years, you know, I, I moved back to my hometown, which is Calgary, Alberta, Canada for a couple of years and ended up working at a yoga studio with the business owner directly. And that was like the best business um, kind of example I could have done after doing this, you know, little theoretical program mm-hmm. and just learned how like you can decide for the yoga studio for example oh we're just going to run a workshop so let's put a poster up in the change room and see if anybody signs up right and like that was marketing slash you want to do something you just try it out and see if your audience will do it right so from there you know I did all sorts of things um, ended up moving to Vancouver Canada and uh, you know started many startup ideas myself, somebody like I was talking to someone years later and they're like, oh, you're a serial entrepreneur. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know that because like all these business ideas were always kind of out there and, you know, newfangled. So, or innovative as you know, would be said. And so they weren't just like natural fits into bringing in money and, you know, having a business run. And right. so I was always working, you know, side hustle jobs and I was a cater waiter. I worked at a friend's brewery, like all of the things, um, but still was always in this like cycle of like digging myself into credit card debt, like the worst debt that you can have as a business owner, because it's so high interest paying thousands of dollars of interest. And it wasn't until, you know, it was just by happenstance that um, I was, you know, in the right place at the right time when my now co-founders of a management accounting company, we're launching a cloud bookkeeping cohort. I had mm-hmm. just been laid off from a startup that I had built this six figure budget for what they were doing. And I was like, how, who's paying for this? Like, what, what is happening? And sure enough, got laid off, which was like not a surprise at all. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And then Matt, like, you know, just by happenstance, um, co founded this management accounting company. And so that's where, you know, me. So this is, I say that all to say like, I'm an entrepreneur who's learned the financial side of the business the hard way. I've made so many mistakes. And then building that management accounting firm, I'm working with my accountant and CFO business partners and all these incredible people who came into my orbit that way. I learned like how you're supposed to, you know, what you're supposed to look at to build a profitable and cash flow stable business. And so that's, what I'm why I'm so passionate now about spreading the the business financial literacy and working with you know both my one-to-one clients to help bring transparency to the financial side of the business but yeah. also translate a lot of the nuts and bolts financial stuff from the beginning like for business owners who are in their first 1 to 3 years like when do you incorporate when do you need to register for sales taxes and and all sorts of other stuff so yeah that's maybe a long-winded way of saying (laughs) I'm now a business financial coach. I'm a contract CFO uh, for small businesses. And um, I'm working to spread this word, translate this really complicated financial and accounting language to Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs at an earlier stage, because I just want to be able to prevent some of the stress and shame and embarrassment that comes because so many people think, oh, I should know how to Run the financial side of my business, but nobody's taught them in a way right. that they can actually understand.
0: So, th- is that uh, a false belief you want to squash?
1: I think so. Like, and I see it, you know, particularly I work with a, mostly women entrepreneurs. Yeah. And it's this, you know, this common thing that I see that it's like, yeah, I can, I can figure anything out. And it's true. Like, we've yeah. all figured so much out. And there are some things legal stuff, insurance, financial stuff, like all this, all these systems that originally were, they have not been designed for women or people of color or Mm -hmm. people with diverse abilities. They've been designed for like the white man, pretty much these economic and financial systems. And so they don't take into account the way we learn or, you know, interact with the world. And so, you know, I kind of go, yeah, of course you don't know how it works because nobody's taught us this stuff, right? Like, It didn't really happen in school unless you went to business school or accounting school, but it's also very different even if you did go to those schools than what happens in practice as an entrepreneur when you're running your business, right? Right. Theory can be there, but once you're actually in it, you're like, well, how do I make these decisions that, you know, oh, I'm running out of money. What do I do now? Like the theory told me X, Y, Z, but you know, now in practice, oh, I got to get money in a day or two. Like, how do I do that? You know? So yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And you, you mentioned earlier, it's because you had made all these uh, mistakes before you had all this experience. So I I really want to lean into that because I think that's so important for people to understand the importance of shortcutting the time necessary to learn all of it and also reducing the amount of pain. So Mm. can you maybe explain that fuller, like what the impact of doing that would have on their business?
1: Do you mean like the mistakes I made and what I would do differently next time or?
0: Ooh, actually, I'm going to split it into two now that you said that. No, first, um, let's start with that. And then I'll follow up. I'll, I'll, I'll make my question make more sense after you answer what you just
1: said. Okay. So yeah, many of the mistakes that I made, again, which are totally normal, totally common, like I want to normalize that this happens for many, many, many entrepreneurs, yeah. is I funded my first business ideas with my credit cards my credit yeah. cards had like 19.9 percent interest and like I said earlier these ideas for these businesses that I was doing were very innovative so they weren't just like great I'm offering house cleaning services that you know mm-hmm. people know what it is and they want to hire you probably immediately because we're out of shortage of house cleaners Um, It was, you know, I was doing like a a dinner party kind of salon thing that I wanted to do as a corporate facilitation method, you know, so it was like, not something that people are just gonna be like, great, let's pay 10 grand for it or something like that. So I had all these expenses that I incurred, put them on my credit card, and then didn't get revenue back to actually pay them off. And, you know, then changed business ideas and whatever. And so I just amassed this huge amount of debt that was crushing because of the amount of interest that was and that was a cycle that I've done a few times because I just again didn't know about what I would do now which is like leveraging a line of credit instead at minimum so Mm -hmm. for business and it also depends if you're like you know a single person entity or sole proprietor here in Canada I think it's called single single person. LLC in the States um, versus an incorporated company. So, you know, but like a line of credit typically will have, whether it's personal or business owned, will have a lower interest rate. The other thing as well is having a plan for that money of what you're spending it on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and choosing the activities. So, you know, nowadays with code One co like I'm leveraging my business line of credit because I'm sh- shifting my one to one service side, like I'm still doing it it's cash flowing the mm-hmm. development of developing some courses and group programs and such for a very earlier stage business than could afford my one to one services. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, in order to build the course and group side of things that's a, you know, there's a lot of marketing and systems like that whole side of the business is all marketing and content creation. Which mm-hmm. takes time and effort and money to develop before I'll actually see any revenue from it. So mm-hmm. I'm leveraging both, you know, the cash flow from my one-to-one client work and my business line of credit um, mm-hmm. to consciously spend on things that are growing my business. So I work with a growth marketing consultant. Mm-hmm. I've set up, you know, an uh, an email uh, marketing system etc right so i'm not just spending willy nilly on like mm-hmm. i'm going to take some clients out for dinner and gifts and travel and all these things right so mm-hmm. i didn't do that in the early days and so as a result you know there there was twice in the course of 6 months where i couldn't pay my rent the next day and i had to call my mom because yeah. i didn't have a sense of my cash flow i didn't have a sense of the things i must pay in the next 2 to 3 months to have money in the bank for that Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, you know, was out of money and couldn't pay my rent. So wow. that was a horrible feeling. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, that, yeah. and yeah.
0: to have it happen again and again, I think that's something that's important, like to yeah. go, okay, that is to, to be able to avoid that is a big deal. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So it wasn't until like my, my own journey was financial literacy really started when a really great friend of mine. She's one of my best friends introduced mm-hmm. me to a personal budgeting app Mm-hmm. And we kind of became budgeting buddies. And it was right oh. when I had gotten laid off from that, you know, company that I built the six-figure budget for and was like, how are we paying for this? Um, yeah. that, you know, I because I had a salary for the first time in a long time. And so she's like, okay, you need to start personal budgeting now. So she got me on it and we would have like, we would talk about our money and our budgets all the time, like no holes barred. She was mm-hmm. the person, the safe person I could talk to and just like expose it all, you know? Yeah. And And so I learned through that companies, like this budgeting app had tons of free resources, tons of financial education kind of videos to get you started on their software. And it was actually what really taught me personal financial literacy. And now Mm -hmm. that I'm way farther down the road and now business financially literate to a degree, because there's always still more to learn. And there's so many aspects of the finance accounting and bookkeeping industries that like you don't know what you don't know. And you don't know until you reach a level. You're like, oh, I need that next thing that I didn't even know existed. So, but I'm looking back at what I learned in that financial literacy with that budgeting app is like, it was basically teaching you personal bookkeeping in a way, right? Mm -hmm. And so I can see the parallels now and like that set the tone and set, um, gave me a base kind of knowledge that then I was able to layer the business financial literacy on through working with, you know, these CFOs and accountants who know all the things, right? Right. Yeah. That's,
0: oh, so with that, because you had that whole experience, what I what I wanted to get to with that is the importance of understanding the value and having somebody come in and make sure you that you don't have to go through it. Um, there's like an amount of suffering that occurs, Mm -hmm. um, with the lack of knowing. So to hire somebody to come in and do that, um, I think is what I'm trying, what I was trying to get in, trying to lean into with that. Mm, that Gotcha.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I I think for me, I never actually ended up hiring anybody. It's because I ended up again, by happenstance being like working alongside accountants and CFOs, Mm -hmm. but I got to shadow them and, you know, through, we've taught, like, I've talked to hundreds of companies through building that company, because I wore every hat in that organization, as we all did, from, Mm. you know, sales calls to uh, matchmaking between our incredible network of fractional um, finance and accounting people with these, like, startups and owner-operator businesses and manufacturing businesses and all sorts of companies. Um, And so through helping clients figure out like, well, let me back up. I didn't, I, the way that I learned this was through shadowing mm-hmm. while we were on these calls in the early days and hearing, you know, the pitfalls that clients were having, the gaps they had, you know, some of them wanted to raise money. Some of them, you know, were, yeah, drowning in debt. Some of them, you know, had a business partner who was quote unquote, the financial one, and they parted ways. And then it was like, well, now what, right? Right. And so in coming to us, I was able after, you know, a year or so of shadowing um, my other co-founders go, okay, what you're talking about is actually financial accounting, which is you want to raise money. So we need you to talk to us, a, a CFO who's either going to help you raise money, depending on what level that company was at, or, you know, go for like tech grants or all sorts of things like for startup tech world stuff. Or, you know, someone could come in and be like, I don't like, like our bookkeeper is terrible. I never get our reports on time. Um, they're not telling me like what is actually happening in my business. And I would be able Mm -hmm. to normalize for them like, well, that's not your bookkeeper's job. Their job is to get the data in there clean so that Mm -hmm. someone from a management accounting lens can come in and, you know, build a plan, build your forecasts, build your projections so that you can monitor and maintain your profitability and your, your cash flow. And they're like, oh, I didn't even know that that wasn't in the realm of my bookkeeper, you know? Yeah. So Yeah. Now with me working with my clients and then working, you know, on building this, the course side of things, like you said, in the intro, one of my clients literally said, she's like, you're like my financial fairy godmother. I think she's also called me her business big sister. And it's because now like through my own experiences of starting businesses, registering businesses with with the government, registering for sales tax, dissolving it, um, you know, incorporating, seeing many clients go through incorporation, Seeing messy books, seeing totally clean books, talking to, yeah. to CFOs who've helped companies raise millions and millions of dollars or take in companies, you know, tens of companies public to accounting technologists who you know start integrating like technology and much bigger systems to start automating things, to the bookkeepers who just help with the day-to-day, not just like their job is so important to have payroll run. To make sure people are paid to send out the invoices so that you can actually collect cash like it's so vast and often like the first thing people know number one is that they need to pay their taxes Mm -hmm. and so beyond that though they don't know where to go and so the next questions that often come up are like when do i hire a bookkeeper how should i work Mm -hmm. with my bookkeeper you know, they're not telling me things, right? And it's like, well, that's not their job. Also their tax account maybe never responds to them. It's like, well, their job is to help you be compliant at the end of the year, not Mm -hmm. to help you with like your day-to-day budgeting. So um, I've lost the thread of the question, but (laughs) it's just like, there's, there's so much in this world that, and I I hear this time and time again from people's like, I didn't know what I didn't know before I, so-and-so said you should talk to Jacinth or
0: right. I didn't
1: know until I didn't know. Cause maybe they're a repeat business owner that. Oh yeah. My bookkeeper did X, Y, Z. And we, we go to doctors, we go to personal trainers, we go to, you know, massage therapists mm-hmm. when we're feeling crappy, but there's. There's, I don't know, it's not a stigma, but I feel like because the financial side and talking about money is so type taboo that there's sometimes a mistrust or there's, well, on one side there's a mistrust and then there's also a fear of being shamed and judged for having the financial side be a mess that mm-hmm. then people don't want to go and get, not that they don't want to go get support, but they're scared of getting support because- they're just like I. I don't know if I'm doing it right, and then I don't want to be judged, and then they just get paralyzed and don't do anything.
0: Oh yeah, I call that strategic avoidance. They don't want to yeah. feel a feeling. So
1: yeah. even though they're like I got to file my taxes, but then they're just like yeah. But I don't. This is what I've been doing market research on over the last couple of months. I've literally had several people say, I don't know why our cr so CRA is our you know government similar to the IRS. Yeah, I don't know why the CRA hasn't come and handcuffed me and put me in jail because they're like six years behind on their taxes because there's just like, yeah, a block slash they don't know where to start and then they don't want to make a mistake yeah. and break the rules. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh wow.
1: Yeah. yeah. See, this is a- <laughs> that <laughs> this went deep is- a spiral.
0: <laughs> well, it and, and it hits the heart of it. And I think the importance of and the value of having somebody that has experienced all the things you've experienced to be able to come in and go, it's okay. Uh-huh. Like You aren't the only one, believe me. Where you're at is
1: totally normal.
0: Yes. And here's what to do. It's just sort of coaxing them out Mm -hmm. to feel a little bit safe.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here's where to start. Here's the first step.
0: And that's all that's needed, right? Is the first step to just finally get something going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you had all this leading up to where you're at. Um, So what, now that you have built what you do around all this experience, what is sort of the new challenge that you face as a business
1: owner? Um, It's not so much new as I'm in it again, right? Um, Because any new stage of business or any new idea or any new revenue stream or any new business you start, right? Puts Mm -hmm. you straight back in startup mode. Which puts you right back into what you need to do when you're in startup mode, which is identify who your audience is, Mm -hmm. you know, market and make aware, um, test out your products and your pricing to see if they're actually uh, landing with people. And if they're not, then you need to pivot, quote unquote, right, to use that overused word. Um, And so that's what I've been doing for the past year is like, yeah, I've got my one-to-one side, which is incredible. It's, you know, word of mouth based. But what I really wanted to do when I stepped away from my full-time role in the management accounting company last year was scale my own impact and also get this word out to service-based creative, you know, and women entrepreneurs at a much earlier stage. And at that stage, they can't afford one-to-one services. So, you know, there's, um, yeah. So right now, like I said, I'm in the, the early stage for that the past year of building, you know, my email marketing system, like it's a whole other business, right? Like an online educational business is totally different than a consulting yeah. or, or contracting business. Right? right. And so that's been a fun and exciting and at times super challenging and very stressful experience over the last year um, to, to find the product market fit. And mm-hmm. the last month has been like a major turning point because sometimes it felt like, oh, what am I doing wrong? you know like hitting <laughs> throwing spaghetti at the wall but yeah. um but yeah, the last month we've seen um, a shift in this tax time boot camp that came out of one of my market research calls and it allowed me to see that like going back to the what people they don't know what they don't know, business owners don't know mm-hmm. what they don't know until somebody else identified it. So yeah. I was like, what do they know? And it came from this call of like, oh, everybody's got to file their taxes. And then this tax time bootcamp came up and we had 50 people register. Actually, we have 52 because two more people registered today. Oh, so yes. that's where I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Now we're starting to see traction on it. And I remember yeah. that happening with the management accounting company as well. Like it was, I don't know, maybe six months in. And I remember just going like, wow, this is what it feels like in a business to have everything be copacetic is that the right mm-hmm. word cohesive Both,
0: yeah Both yeah. Work.
1: <laughs> yeah so like you know we have a service that's filling a need the right people are finding out about it they're coming they're signing contracts we're bringing in money we're hiring people like it was yeah. just happening and i remember have, vividly having that moment of like this is what it feels like to have the right product market fit and be in a business that's actually starting to gain traction. And yeah. so last, like in the last month, that's where I'm starting to feel for the, the core side of things. Like, okay, I'm seeing this glimmer of traction right. and now it's like, okay, what's the next thing down the funnel. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's been the, you know, learning journey over the last year is like learning about this whole entire, I've worked with, I have had clients in this like educational online business model, but it's different when you're the entrepreneur in that seat squarely again. So oh, that's has yeah. been fun and there you know definitely have been there the lows i've had some really stressful days but uh you know like i said earlier it's like having done this so many times like i know that it's a roller coaster yeah. it doesn't mean it's any easier when i'm on the low parts of it but i know what yeah. to expect and i'm um, i'm meditating every day i'm on day 266 of meditation yeah and you know exercise and do those things and just help myself stay stay present and be able to take those bad times with the good and just keep moving forward because, you know, if I get stuck and stop, I'm not going to be able to build the impact that I want to make.
0: And so I think that's the most important part right there is to be able to say that whole bit of not getting stuck and stopping. Cause that is the, I think that's the main difference when you're an entrepreneur is the ability to keep yourself moving forward.
1: Yeah. The unwavering faith, (laughs) which sometimes (laughs) wavers.
0: We've I mean, all had those yes. times
1: where we're like, maybe we should go get a job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, yes. And that's, I I'm laughing because that's, that's what I'm here for. That's what I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Sit
0: yeah. with those in those moments where they're like, I think I might need to get a job. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> totally. Be okay. Coaches are the best. I I've, <laughs> I've worked with many a business coach and yeah, they are incredible.
0: Yeah. It does help yeah. with that. Yeah. So um, the next phase is you roll that out. Uh, what are you uh, feeling challenged by the most then, and what are you excited by the most? Um
1: Great question. Challenged by the most, you know, is, yeah, finding the next, the next resource, whether it's free or paid, that, people want, right? That leads to people signing up to become part of my community and, and for me to be able to, yeah, share this information in a way that is really applicable to them. And that is really, uh, for them to understand. Mm -hmm. Um, and what am I excited about? I'm excited about right now, like this, this tax time, (laughs) this tax time bootcamp and tax time club we have on Facebook. Um, because it is that glimmer of like, okay, this, pro- this service offering is hitting something that is really, um, really meaningful for the people, the sole proprietors, because it's geared towards sole proprietors right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, you know, after feeling like, yeah, just hitting spaghetti, <laughs> throwing spaghetti at the ball, it's like, Right. Okay. I I see how that works. And so now it's about finding the next thing that's like, okay, that is really resonating too and and really supporting people.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And on a broader perspective, I'm excited to build this business, this side of the business, so that, you know, my big vision is to is to make this information accessible to thousands of creative entrepreneurs in a way that they have never seen it had it explained to them. Um, so that, yeah, we can just avoid some really terrible shit that comes to comes from, you know, not, not knowing the information right, um, and having it delivered in such a way that they don't understand.
0: And you said it beautifully at the beginning when you laid out what your experience was like. And so to be able to provide the information that's necessary in order To sidestep some of the pitfalls. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: It's, it's a, it's a beautiful goal. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you for offering it.
1: Thank you. Well, yeah. Thanks for the chat.
0: Well, you're welcome. I appreciate your time and for sharing all that you did. Uh, Where can people find you?
1: So you can find me at my website, Um, Mm kodoandco.com. I think, will you have it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and then on Instagram at Jacinth Cotto and, uh, yeah, those are the two main places I hang out.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. Good. Well, thank you again. It's been a pleasure talking to you.
1: Thanks Katie. You're welcome. Hey Katie. Yeah, Mark. Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end.
0: Yay you.
1: So what happens next?